0: Good morning. We on? Morning. Grab you a seat. Come on in. Good morning. Here we go. Good to see all of you this morning. Happy New Year to you. Uh, before we Before we get going, I want to take a minute, Uh, I was just informed of something that I want to recognize with us this morning, and as a church, I want us to recognize, I think it's very appropriate to do so. Uh, This morning, a a very beloved man, uh, a man that we respect here at Lakeview, a man that God has used to um, care for us and bless this church, who's been here longer than most of us, have been here longer than some of us have been alive. Uh, he's an elder here, and it is his birthday, and that is Mr. Bill Treby, and he is 74 today. So, buddy, we just want to say happy birthday to you. Um, and Nancy, we love you, and thank you for uh, just being such a, a gift to us grateful for you guys. So my name is uh, Jason and I'm one of the pastors here at Lakeview specifically with the college students and single adults. So if that's you and I haven't met you, I would love to meet you. Uh, This morning I had the privilege of preaching God's Word to us. So we are looking in Psalm 121 this morning. Please go ahead and open your Bibles. Psalm 121. The title of sermon this morning is help for 2016 and evermore. Psalm 121. As you're turning to Psalm 121, I, I want to ask you a question as we begin. Here's, here's my question for you. What do you turn to for help? What do you turn to for help. Where, where in this life do you find help? Where do you go for help? Because, I mean, let's just be real. Uh, life is hard. Uh, there, there are many unknowns that we will face. 2016 i have no idea what kind of dark dangerous difficult moments we'll encounter this life is, is hard you you and i will have occasions of great need john newton the author of amazing grace in his song described the christian journey through life as one of many dangers and toils and snares Dangers, toils, and snares. That's, that's life. It's filled with what the Bible calls various kinds of trials. So, where do you find help as you walk through this life? As you encounter these trials, right? There's, there's, there's a long list of trials. I'll just mention a few here. Where do you find help when... Your health fails when your marriage suffers, when layoffs happen, when financial problems loom, when loved ones pass away. Where do you find help when your children rebel, when promises are broken and addictions? just persist? Where do, you, where do you find help when you go through a major transition in life or when the media just highlights new things for you to fear every day? Where do you, where do you find help when temptations abound? Where do you find help when acts of injustice or false accusations occur? Where do you find help when natural disasters hit, when, when international terrorism strikes, when anxiety sets in and and depression intensifies, when when foggy futures cause sleepless nights, where do you turn? For help? When your heart aches from all the evil in this world and just the cares of this world weigh heavy on you, when you're exhausted and burned out and you're just longing for relief, where do you turn for help when life falls apart, when you feel deep confusion in the depths of your being, when you discover life is not under your control? Where do you turn for help? We, we all turn To something or someone, because we all need help. Where do you turn? Is it to other people? Do you turn to a place, to a substance, to entertainment, to a presidential candidate? If you're on Facebook, to a Mark Zuckerberg handout, to your constitutional rights, You turn to New Year's resolutions, you turn to yourself for help, where do you go? Where are we to go? Listen, down through the centuries, countless Christians have found fresh assurances of help in the Psalms, and in particular, Psalm 121. This Psalm, this Psalm is good news about great help. For you this morning. David Pallison says this of the Psalms The Psalms meet us right where we are. Don't you love that? Where, where are you this morning? Where do you find yourself needing help? In, in Psalm 21, God intends to meet you right where you are. He, he desires to communicate his personal care for you and wants you to experience his extraordinary help. That's what we're looking at this morning. So before we read this psalm, just want to give us a little bit of background so we know what we're looking at, right? Psalms 120 through 134, they're called the Psalms of Ascent, right? They're, they're, they mean to go up. And they were were sung as the Hebrew people would go up to Jerusalem to celebrate their major annual feast throughout redemptive history. They would do this in obedience to Deuteronomy 16.16. It says this in your notes, three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose. At the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. So these feasts were held in the holy city of Jerusalem, so Psalm 121 is the second of those 15 songs that the pilgrims would sing together on their journey up to Jerusalem. And it's a song designed to create a deep, definitive sense of confidence that God will help the travelers on their journey to reach their final destination. He will ensure safe arrival to Jerusalem and this intervention this help from god was seen as absolutely critical absolutely necessary because these hills that are mentioned in this psalm see they did not they did not create an easy peaceful feeling in the hearts of these travelers they they struck fear in their hearts these hills were hazardous to the travelers when they, when they looked upon them, they knew they were fraught with danger. They knew that the terrain was treacherous. One small slip would mean severe injury or disaster. Not only that, the hills were safe havens for robbers and thieves ready to attack and raid the travelers and do harm to them. The hills were not only Reflective of physical danger, but spiritual danger as well. You read your Old Testament, you will see that it's in the high places that this false worship would take place to false gods and to Baal. So the hills were were infested with danger. They they were offering their own version of, of help to these. Pilgrims. Commenting on this reality, Michael Wilcock writes this in your notes, says the hills had repeatedly been the location of high places where false gods were worshiped, and probably never more so than during the 150 years since the Babylonian invasion. Most of Israel had been exiled then, and the land repopulated with foreigners of other religions from all over the Babylonian empire. To such a multicultural society, much like our own, the high places offered answers to problems, remedies for ills, protection, insurance, quick fixes of all sorts. Like our modern gods, the deities of the high places were far more likely to harm you than to help you. So the hills were places that someone could get hurt. They were places someone could be robbed by evil men. They were places of demonic worship and idolatry. It's with such danger in mind that the psalmist pins, Psalm 121. It's with such danger in mind that the travelers would sing this psalm together as they made their journey to Jerusalem. And we live in no less dangerous times. 2016 will be filled with no less dangerous times. We have our own hills, don't we? Our modern world is filled with physical dangers. From automobile accidents, Debilitating falls, incurable diseases, terminal illnesses, and natural disasters. Our world is filled with evil people whose desire and delight is just to do us harm. Our world is filled with, overflowing with, I should say, shrines to false hopes, false gods, and our hearts are just filled with longings and selfish and sinful desires, affections, Loving other things more than God. So that's the backdrop of Psalm 121. That's why it was written instilling confidence in God's help. With this in mind, let's read the text together and I'll pray and we'll jump in. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word to us this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are reigning over our lives. Thank you for gathering your church together. In spirit, I pray that as your word is preached, Lord, that we would hear you. Lord we're here because we need help. We need help from you. Would you help us? Would you meet us right where we are? Would you care for your people now and forevermore? Amen. Well, a number of years ago, there was a captain who commanded a ship sailing from Liverpool, England to New York. And on this particular voyage, the captain's entire family was on board with him. While sailing across the icy Atlantic one night, as all the passengers were quietly sleeping, a sudden and violent gust of wind arose. And it caused huge waves, and they came crashing down on the ship. The ship lost all its cargo and supplies. And as you can imagine, all the passengers quickly awoke, Fear and worry overcame their hearts. They were wondering what was happening. Panic ensued as they prepared for the worst. Everyone did this except the captain's eight-year-old daughter. No doubt she was terrified at what was happening, not knowing what occurred. She jumped out of bed. She, She put on some clothes and hastened up the uh, stares to the deck, and as she arrived at the deck, she encounters a deck officer. And when she sees him, she, she says, well, what happened? And the officer replies, a violent squall arose and struck the ship. And the little girl asks the deck officer, is my father on board? And the officer replied, yeah, your father is on board. And with that, the story has it that the little girl Calmly walked back to her cabin, laid her head down on her pillow, and drifted back to sleep. So, why? You know, how, how could this little girl is she experiencing danger, upheaval and uncertainty in life? How could she experience peace in the midst of this turmoil? As the, as the storm persisted. Was it because the storm settled down? No. It wasn't because the ship was unsinkable, it wasn't because she had like superb swimming skills, it wasn't because she had on like a T-shirt that said keep calm and go back to sleep, right? These, this is not what was bringing her peace in this moment. Here's, here's why her fears were relieved it's because she knew that because her father was on board commanding the ship that all would be well with her see she was confident in her father's help and, and I share this story with us this morning because I think that's what this psalm is all about. I believe God, through his spirit, is telling us this as a church on your journey to heaven, on your pilgrimage to God. This is the big idea. Be confident in God's help. Be certain that the Lord will bring you to him. He will help you. Rest assured that God will help you. Really, really trust him. To safely bring you to him. Matthew Henry gives us similar direction from this psalm. He writes this. Wherever we are. At home or abroad. We are exposed to danger more than we are aware of. And this psalm. Directs and encourages us. To repose ourselves and our confidence in God. And by faith put ourselves under his protection and commit ourselves to his care, which we must do with an entire resignation and satisfaction in singing this psalm. That's what this psalm is all about. It's a psalm about trusting the Lord's help that he provides for his people on the pilgrimage of life. It's about confidently committing ourselves to his care, It's about facing reality, reality's hard, but facing it with an unwavering faith that God will help you. Eugene Peterson provides us with more perspective on this psalm, He says the Christian life is not a quiet escape to a garden where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord. It's not a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare our blue ribbons and gold medals with others who've made it to the winner's circle. The Christian life is going to God. In going to God, Christians travel the same ground that everyone walks on. Breathe the same air, drink the same water, shop the same stores, read the same newspapers, are citizens under the same governments, pay the same prices for groceries and gasoline, fear the same dangers, are subject to the same pressures, get the same distresses, are buried in the same ground. The difference... Is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by God. We know we are accompanied by God. We know we are ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure or what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from evil. He will will keep our life. So in, in 2016 and evermore, regardless of whatever comes our way, we can... We we are being called here, God is calling us to be confident in his help. And in Psalm 121, he tells us why. tells us why, two points. Number one, because God is God. Why are you gonna be confident in God's help? Because he's God. Look in your text, as we stated, this pilgrim is on a dangerous journey to Jerusalem. He, he lifts his eyes up to the hills. He sees danger before him. And he asks, where's my help come from? How am I going to make it? Am I really going to make, make it through these hills? And he answers himself, my help comes from God. help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It's a perfectly logical answer. (laughs) Why look anywhere else when you have God? For we see God is the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the great I am, Yahweh, as we learned about last week from Pastor Peter. This means that no reality or power exists apart from God. Nothing brought him into existence. He, he's like the uncaused causer of all things. Everything is just completely dependent upon him. He's, he's free to do anything he wants. He has the power to do it. And nothing can stop God from doing what he wants to do as the Lord. Job 42.2 says, I know, Job says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted to be Yahweh also means to be the covenant Keeping God, it's god's, it's god's personal covenant-keeping name for his people. So the pilgrim looks to God because he knows this is the one who shows steadfast love and faithfulness to his people generation after generation. He knows he's the one who struck down the false gods of Egypt and who split the Red Sea and delivered his people from Pharaoh's rule and guided them in the wilderness. This pilgrim knows that God is the Lord, so he's looking to God for help. Very appropriate. He is Yahweh. He has unlimited power, able to do all he pleases, shows steadfast love to his people every generation. And we read, he made heaven and earth. He's the Lord and he's the creator. Isaiah 40 28 says, Yahweh. Is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He, he does not faint or grow weary. So God is an, an inexhaustible, everlasting source of power and help for this pilgrim. Derek Kidner comments on this, says the thought of this verse just it leaps beyond the hills to the universe, and beyond the universe to its maker. Here is living help, primary personal, wise, immeasurable. So his help comes from the one who spoke the world into existence, who made the starry hosts and leads them out by name. His help comes from the one who made him and who with impeccable wisdom and sovereign care numbered every single day of his life. God can create something out of nothing. Surely, he can help us with anything and everything. Psalm 33, 6-9 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be he commanded and it stood firm think about it we pick up rocks and sticks and stuff like that god picks up oceans right we we breathe out and we we breathe out carbon dioxide god god breathes out stars and galaxies planets I recently read that within our star, our sun, we can fit about like 100 million planet Earths. And within our own universe, there's like 400 billion stars. And within, I'm sorry, within our own galaxy, and within our own universe, there's like 400 billion galaxies. And I just say all that to just, but all that's existing because God said, huh. and He's looking at you, and He's saying, be confident in my help. Do you need help this morning? You look to the Lord, the Creator, the one who made us and who leads us. So, here we have the psalmist making this journey. He looks to the Lord, he's confident in the Lord's help. Why? Because God is who God is. He's the Lord and he's the creator. But it's not only because of who God is, it's also because of what God does. Because of what God does. In point two we see, we're confident because God keeps you. He keeps you. The Lord, the creator, gives you life-keeping help. And verses three through eight just explain what this help looks like to us. This is what we're going to look at. This morning before we look at those verses, just think about it like this. So there are two voices in this psalm. Right? Verses 1 and 2, that's one voice. And and that voice most commentators say is of a of an inexperienced pilgrim perhaps making this journey for the first time. He's got enough knowledge that those hills are dangerous and I need to look to God for help. Verses 3 through 8, most commentators say this is a a much more experienced pilgrim who's got a rich history of making this journey to Jerusalem. And he, he sounds off in this psalm and explains, he just expands God's help for this pilgrim. He wants this pilgrim to be confident in God's help and, and us as well. So we are confident because he keeps us. In verses three through eight, that word keep, if you're looking in your text, hope you are, it appears six times and it means to guard. It means God is your guardian. And it doesn't mean that God is just merely providing a safe space for you. It means that he's guarding and protecting and watching over you and he's fending off those who would do you harm. He's not simply a powerful and mighty creator. He is compassionate and intimately involved with your every step. He's not distant, but the Lord is perpetually and powerfully protecting his people. He's the God who cares about you deeply and personally, right? You see in that text, he's the keeper of both Israel, right? And today that's the church. And he's the keeper of your life. It's personal keeping, Life-keeping help. And look how it's described in these verses, 3a. He, He preserves your soul. The psalmist says, God will not let your foot be moved. Obviously, this is good news for a pilgrim. Treacherous terrain, traveling through the hills, the paths were indeed difficult. One small step could result in disaster. While that's true, this verse is much more comprehensive than mere preservation from physical injury. See, the paths of the hills were dangerous and difficult, but the paths of life, they can be even more detrimental. So the the help the psalmist has in view here when he says your foot will not be moved is spiritual preservation. Actually, the the phrase used depicting a stumbling step, it's employed in Scripture. It's never employed in Scripture to describe physical falling. Each time it's used, all four of its uses describe preservation from divine judgment, personal sin or weakness, and enemy enemy oppression. So, he will not let your foot be moved is most likely referring to the fact not that you won't experience physical harm in this life. It's not promising a pain-free, injury-free, failure-free life. Rather, what's being promised here is that if you belong to God, God will not let you fall away from him. If you belong to God, He will uphold you and preserve your life. He will ensure your journey to Him is a successful one. Isn't that good news? James Montgomery Boyce comments The point of Psalm 121 is not that we will not have problems, the point is that we will be kept safe as we go through them. We see that all the time one another, we see one another suffering. You still love God. What? Something something terrible has happened to you, but you're still trusting God. He's keeping you. That's why. Maybe you're walking through the consequences of some terrible sin. And you're repenting, you're walking with others and you're loving God. That's because God is not letting your foot be moved. He's keeping you. We're all just one slip, aren't we? I mean, just one small movement away from doing something horrific. But if you are God's, he will preserve you. He will uphold you. He will cause you to stand and walk in righteousness. You see, in the promise of Psalm 94, 16 to 18. Psalmist says, "Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evil doers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would have soon lived in the land of silence. When I thought my foot slips, your steadfast love, O oh Lord, held me up." Do you need help this morning? Look to the God who preserves your soul. Not only does he preserve your soul, but as verses 3b and 4 tell us, he watches over your life. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold. In other words, listen up. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He watches over your life. God is tirelessly working for your good. He doesn't fall asleep while life falls apart. He doesn't check out or take a break on your life. He's, he's watching over you, we see in this verse. His, his care is constant. He's never daydreaming. He's never distracted. He's never inattentive to you, ever. Think about like, Parents with with newborns. I can remember this not too long ago. Um, Your child's up, middle of the night, you're exhausted. You go in the room and you start to rock the baby back to sleep. Right? As you're sitting in the rocker, you're both holding one another. But the safety of that child depends on the parent not falling asleep. Think about it maybe when the first time your child sleeps in his or her bedroom, and, and you want to make sure that you know, he or she is okay throughout the night. So you, you get a monitor set up and you, you turn the monitor on and you're just watching. Is everything okay? Is it comfortable? But eventually, what happens? We fall asleep. Listen, this is not so of God. He. He's holding you and he never sleeps. And his monitor is never off. He's never distracted. There's no days off with him. He's providing constant care for you. He's watching over your life. Do you ever ever wonder if the Lord even sees what's happening in your life? Does he even notice? Does God even care? Well, here's his answer. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. His care for you is constant. His eyes are always on you. He sees everything and he cares deeply for you. You need help. You need help. Go to the God who neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's watching your life even now. Not only does he preserve your soul and watch over your life, but verse 5 we read, he's with you always. He is with you always. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. This speaks of God's protective and personal presence in your life. Think about this pilgrim walking through the desert. He holds out his right hand during the day. What's on the ground? It's his shadow, right? It's it's shade, right? This This is what God is like. He's right there with you. He's like your shadow. He's protecting you. He's bringing you relief as shade does. He's the shade at your right hand. He's with you always. God is with this pilgrim. So we read in Psalm 46.1, we read this morning, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I don't know about you, but I, I just live most of my life unaware of this promise so often. I was, I was reading a, a book from C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, The Boy and His Horse, about This boy named Shasta, and Shasta endures this long, difficult journey where nothing's seeming to go right with him. And he experienced lots of misfortune along the way, lots of difficulty along the way. And just as all hope was fading for this boy, he hears this quiet breathing next to him. And the breathing's coming from Aslan. He's the the God figure in the book. And so the boy turns to Aslan upon hearing this breathing and he says, Who are you? And I love this response. Aslan says, one who has waited long for you to speak. We can be like that boy, can't we? God is near. But we can just go through life enduring difficulty and hardship and never turn to him. But he's here, he's near, he's with us. We we don't need to wait long to speak to him about life. We can turn to him and speak to God. If you need help this morning, listen, God is the shade at your right hand. He is always with you. So he, he preserves your soul, he watches over your life, he's always with you. Verse 6, the, the, the help just keeps expanding. He shields you from peril. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. It's his total comprehensive protection. It, it's lasting throughout the day, throughout the night, and it shields from both the sun and the moon. It's just a total comfort to this pilgrim. He's walking through a desert, right? Heat stroke, dehydration were very real dangers, and experiences for the travelers. Also, many pilgrims believe that too much exposure to the moon would mess with your mind, cause someone to go crazy. That's where we get the term lunacy, lunatic, right? So perils, day and night. But we see God shields his people from such peril and ensures they reach their final destination. James Montgomery Boyce writes this, what the psalmist really means, though in figurative language, is that nothing, either of the day or night, can harm us if God is keeping guard. God is our covering against every calamity. He is our shade against the visible perils of the day as well as the hidden perils of the night. Life is not just a a mountaintop to mountaintop experience, right? We all go through valleys, and these valleys are very difficult for us. But what God is promising to you here is covering against every calamity, shielding you from every peril. I have no idea what 2016 is going to look like for any of us. Some of you are on a mountaintop right now. Some of you are in a valley, figuratively speaking. I don't know if it's going to feel like a storm or just a day at the spa for you. But I know this, God is going to shield you throughout your life from every peril. He shields you with his presence. He surrounds you, as we read in Psalm 125, it says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and ever more. You need help this morning. right? We, should, we need to be looking to the one who shields his people from all peril. And this protection just continues to expand. And in verse 7, we read that God protects you from all evil. The psalmist writes, He, he keeps you from all evil. He will keep your life. Commenting on this verse, Derek Kinder writes, and In the light of other scriptures... To be kept from all evil does not imply a cushioned life, but a well-armed one. It expects the dark valley, but can face it. So this, this embraces Genesis fifty twenty, where Joseph addresses his brothers. As for you, you, you meant evil against me. Bad things happened to Joseph, for sure. He says, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. That's how God's working. That's how he's keeping us from all evil. He, he's working it all for good. The evil we face may not be robbers from hills, but rather sin in our own hearts. All right? These false gods that we love more than God, seeking to hijack our affections for God. It may be spiritual enemies and forces of darkness ready to just multiply your fears and shatter all your hope. Maybe from unjust suffering caused by others. Whatever it is, the, the question is, what are you trusting in to protect you? Where is your confidence? You can Be certain that whatever's happening in your life feels like evil. God, God is working for good. God is keeping you from all evil. He's keeping your life. Finally, finally we see this about God's life-keeping help. In verse 8, he governs your entire existence. He governs your entire existence. Going out, right, he keeps you... keeps you from your going out and your coming in. Uh, that means every aspect of your life. God's just, if, if nothing else convinced you, let this convince you. Everything, every single aspect of your life is governed and cared for by God. The details and the headlines of your life are from start to finish to forever, guided and governed by God's providential, sovereign rule and reign. in small things like leaving the house and in big things like leaving this world, God will be there for you. He will guide you. He presides over your entire existence. Both now, the psalmist says, and forevermore. Now, right now, he's governing your existence. He's caring for you. There's no line we need to wait in. For God's help. There's no fast pass necessary, right? He's right here, right now, ready to shield, protect, govern, preserve, and watch over your life. His help is right now, and it will be forever. So, conclusion just ask you again, Eric, you guys can come on up. Do you need help this morning? in 2016 and evermore where will you find your help where will you turn when you become desperate will you turn to creation or to the creator the hills are the maker of the hills what I love about this psalm is just the reality that you and I are we're not on a physical journey on our way to Jerusalem are we no But we are on a spiritual journey on our way to heaven. And just as this pilgrim looked to the Lord for his help, how much more should we do so now, especially we who are on this side of the cross in redemptive history? We who know that the great I am, the Lord, The creator is our savior, Jesus Christ. See, we we look to Jesus for help, regardless of what's happening in our lives, what will happen in our lives. And here's why, because 2,000 years ago, the great I am, the, the maker of heaven and earth, the one scripture says, by whom, through whom, and for whom, all things were made. The one who upholds the universe by the word of his power and who upholds your very life. Jesus. Jesus walked up his own dangerous and difficult hill. It's a horrible hill. It's called Golgotha. It means place of the skull. It's the hill people went to die. It's the hill that we'll never have to walk up because Jesus went for you. See, there on that hill, there on that hill, Jesus' foot was moved as it was nailed upon the cross so that yours will never have to be moved. On, On the cross, the great shepherd preserves his sheep as he lays down his life so that no one is able to now snatch us out of the Father's hand. So now we can say with Paul in, in Romans eight I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Here's why we can be confident in God's help. On on that hill, the sleepless, ever-watching, all-loving eyes of the Father looked away from Jesus so that they would never look away from you. On the hill, God withdrew his presence from Jesus so he would never, never withdraw his presence from you. On Golgotha, on the cross, Jesus absorbed the full wrath of God. He He paid the penalty for all of our sins and all of your sins, so you don't have to. So that you could be free. See, we look to Jesus because He He took care of our greatest problem. He met us in our greatest moment of crisis he helped us then of course he will help you now you think it's awesome that he's the lord and he's the creator yeah absolutely but listen he died on the cross he took the full wrath of god and he rose to new life to give you and i new life forever to help you he will carry you home As we make our way to heaven, we we look to Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the shepherd who preserves our soul. He made all things. He's the one who upholds the entire universe. He's the great high priest who forgives our sin and watches over our lives and intercedes for you before the throne of grace right now. He's praying for you. He's watching you. He's not sleeping. He's caring for you. He's protecting you. He's bringing you through evil. He's preserving your soul. He's not letting your foot be moved. Jesus, your God, our Savior, is helping you. We look to him. He's the one who's promised to always be with you, even to the end of the age. He's the one Who through his life, death, and resurrection conquered Satan, conquered sin, conquered all evil and he now now reigns victorious and he rules as King of kings and Lord of lords. We must look to Jesus. He he will help us. He, He helped us on the cross and he will help us now and for all eternity. Psalms, they meet us right where we are, don't they? So where are you this morning? Where where do you find yourself looking for help in 2016? On your journey to heaven, God wants you to be confident in his help. He's all we have and he's, he's all we need. I mentioned Amazing Grace earlier, the hymn John Newton wrote. mentioned the, the lyrics in one verse, through many dangers, toils, and snares. He, he completes that verse with these lyrics. I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far. and His grace will lead me home. He's demonstrating that to us this morning. In other words, he he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for being the anchor of our soul. Thank you for giving your people the help we need. Lord, we're grateful for the church. We're grateful for one another and how you've designed the body to be a means of your help to one another. But as we, as we walk through this life, Lord, we, we look to you. We're standing here the first Sunday of 2016 and we are saying, Lord, we're confident in your help we're confident you will care for us and preserve us and watch over us and be with us we're confident that you will protect us and shield us and govern our lives we look to you we depend on you we commit our, ourselves to your care this morning and we pray you'd be honored in that Lord And as we sing Lord you would be glorified and Lord we would just become convinced even more that you are here to help us we would not waver. We would not doubt. We pray this in in Christ's name, Amen.
1: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see 'Twas grace 'Twas grace that taught my heart be so See Thank you for your grace. Thank you for saving us. Thank you that you have borne our sins. Thank you that you've walked through the ways that we experience temptation, Lord, and you have prevailed. I thank you for your amazing grace, God. May we receive your grace this morning. May we walk out of this place filled with your grace. Lord, and would we be a light to this world. This week, we pray in your name. Amen. Have a great week.